Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, at the beginning, we're going to do a little rundown of all the sports. There's some happenings going on on pretty much every level of Wisconsin athletics right now. We'll talk a little bit of volleyball with their paws, um, give you some hockey updates. We'll talk some football news, and then in the back half of the show, it'll pretty much be focused on basketball. Last episode, we kind of talked about the the bracket in general, didn't dive too deeply into North Carolina. Today, we'll dive a little bit more into them, kind of talk about what we expect from that game. Um, And then after that, we'll talk a little bit of Baylor. I know there's, of course, a game that the Badgers would have to win. And of course, Baylor would have to avoid that 116 upset, which has only happened once. So I think we're okay on that end. But uh, so it might be a little dated next week if the Badgers don't win, but this will be our last podcast before that uh, second-round matchup were to possibly take place. So we'll preview them uh, just in case. So it should be a nice, fun show for you guys to head into your March Madness weekend, which I'm sure everyone is looking very much forward to. Matt, how are you today? Doing great. Uh, yeah, ready to talk a, a bunch of different sports here. Got a bunch of news going on around Wisconsin Athletics and most notably the basketball team, which I think... Um, I don't know if you saw the the promotional video they sent out and everything that went with that, but that was pretty funny to see. Yeah, I did see that. I, it's crazy. This I just I've kind of been fascinated by the whole March Madness process this year, with it all being in Indianapolis and everything that's kind of leading up to it that way. So it, it's definitely different, but I know everyone is is looking forward to this next four days of basketball, and of course into next weekend and into the. Final Four, I, I think we all deserve a nice, fun March Madness. It's been way too long, so I'm looking forward to that. And, and hopefully I've kind of convinced myself and talked myself into Wisconsin maybe winning this first-round game, and who knows? I wrote that to path to the Final Four and got myself all worked up and excited. So you got to play the game, and I know, I know we're all excited to, to kick back and watch it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think if Wisconsin can put together a strong showing, there's a path for them to win some games. Mm-hmm. But they they have a tough draw, and it's going to be exciting to watch. I know I'm pumped to get everything ready to watch some games. I know we're going to have some today. We're recording this on Thursday night, but then really everything kicks off tomorrow, and, and that's when the real magic starts happening, including the Badger game. That's when the fun gets going. Before we get to that, we'll we'll touch on some other sports. Uh, we'll start with um, let's start with hockey. Uh, the women's hockey is onto the Frozen Four. They'll be taking on uh, Ohio State on what day is that? I couldn't remember what day that'll be. It'll be on Thursday. Thursday, right? At 6 okay. PM, so that'll yep. be against yep 6 p.m. on ESPNU. Uh, you know, taking on Ohio State, which is always fun um, out in Erie, Pennsylvania. So you guys make sure to check that out. Of course, fun for uh, the Wisconsin women's hockey team. A huge, huge matchup that way. Uh, they've been playing really well and uh, head to the Frozen Four, which is always a good time. So anything you make of that or just excited to, to see what the Badgers can do? 
I'm excited to see what they can do. This is a really good team. Last time they, they played Ohio State, they, they won an overtime 3-2 back on March 7th. So I'm excited to see what they can can uh, muster. Ohio State beat them back in January one time. So I was nice to see them kind of blank the Friars and move past them pretty quick. But this is when everything kind of tightens up and it becomes even more important. So I think – Wisconsin is in a really good spot women's hockey-wise, and I, I would anticipate them to win. At least I hope they do. Yeah, I would love to see them win and uh, advance in that. You know, the Frozen Four is always a good time, and when it's a conference rival like Ohio State, it always just kind of means more that way. You, you always want to beat the Buckeyes. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It could be anything. If you're beating Ohio State um, in such a big game, that's always fun to see. So best of luck to them on Thursday night. For the men's hockey team, um, they unfortunately had a tough ending in the Big Ten tournament, won, of course, their first contest over Penn State in overtime, went on to that Minnesota game the next night, started a little slow and ended up being kind of a crazy back-and-forth game, but ultimately were not able to knock off the Gophers in that tough loss. I know you always want to win the Big Ten tournament in whatever sport it is, but they've got the NCAA tournament to focus on now as well, which should be a fun one. So anything to take from there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you got to had the chance to watch the game, but Wisconsin, I, th- I thought early on Minnesota had a lot of momentum. Wisconsin was able to to get back into it with a, with a goal, but then that flurry that Minnesota had in the second period really just made things tough uh, for Wisconsin to be able to claw their way back into it. I thought Wisconsin had a chance late, but in in the end, uh, Minnesota just outplayed them throughout the game. They lost. Uh, 6-4, and I, I think Wisconsin's still in a great place heading into the actual tournament here, um, but that would have been a really nice way to cap off the, the Big Ten season after playing so well and, and earning the regular season championship. Yeah, I mean, you you got to look at both of these programs. They're quality programs. I, I like that despite Wisconsin not winning that game, you, you, know, you mentioned it uh, early on, they, they kind of took a punch. I'm glad that they fought back and, and didn't fold. I think that'll be important as they move into the NCAA tournament that way. This team um, has found a way to, to win a lot of big games and, and really do, you know, a lot of excitement to do it. So uh, I know it's unfortunate loss. I know those guys, whenever you're playing your rival, for, for especially for a Big Ten trophy, like that, you want to win. It didn't work out for him, but I still think this team is poised uh, for a strong run in the NCAA tournament, and that uh, should be a lot of fun to see where they end up uh, in that bracket. I'm really excited to see where these guys can can match up and hopefully make a run similar to what the women's are doing in the in the Frozen Four. Yeah, and then the, the a little more somber news: the women's volleyball team just can't catch a freaking break here. Uh, the volleyball squad, and I'm sure Kelly Sheffield. And everyone is getting pretty frustrated. It's going on nearly a month now that they have not played. Their last game was February 21st. Um, they've had a whole bunch of matches postponed now. Most recently, number five, Minnesota. That was supposed to be today. And so we'll see about Sunday. As of right now, it's still on. But I, I have a hard time imagining that that's going to be happening. Uh, so it's really tough because this volleyball team is so damn good. And, to have them kind of have to do deal with this midseason is is not ideal. Hopefully they can figure everything out and and get some of those games back because really the season isn't super long. You look at it and um, 
early April, you're looking at the NCAA championships. So it's it's really it's coming together here quick, and hopefully they can get back into a rhythm quickly because they don't have that many games still left on their schedule. Um, assuming that some of these games don't get necessarily rescheduled as quick as they could be. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, this team is so fun to watch when they've been out there, but it seems like every time they're about to to get back out there, it just uh, some sort of COVID pause happens. I know Northwestern and now Minnesota that way. So hopefully they can get back there soon and, and like you said, get things back in sync. They they were playing really well before uh, all the the postponements that way. So hopefully they can get that back. There's a lot of talent on this team, and I know people are looking forward to watching them. And uh, unfortunately, they haven't been able to. I know everyone was itching at it, not having volleyball in the normal season, and then finally got them back. And then, you know, just all these pauses have, have really been tough, and, and I'm sure stuff on the, the players and, and Kelly Sheffield's probably just wanting to get his girls out there to, to play some volleyball that way. So I'm looking forward for them to return uh, whenever they do so. But big things going on for uh, all three programs right now. Uh, a couple more exciting the other, than the others, but uh, hopefully Wisconsin volleyball can be, get back out there soon. Moving on down the line here, some football news, and it is significant. Um, the Reggie Pearson story that's kind of was going on yesterday, he put his name into the transfer portal. Um, for those of you that don't know, last year Reggie Pearson was held out um, from being able to play, was not medically cleared. Uh, this year, it uh, Wisconsin, once again, did not medically clear him. He felt uh, he went and got a second and third opinion and uh, was cleared by them, so he felt it was in his best interest to transfer. I know Reggie Pearson's father tweeted out that you know they have a ton of love for Wisconsin, loved the program. Of course, Reggie didn't sound like you know he wanted to leave. It just felt like in order for him to get back on the field um, and play, he would have to do that elsewhere. So a tough situation for Wisconsin football. I know everyone who watches Reggie Pearson loves his game, loves the way he plays. Um, but he, the kid wants to play, and unfortunately just not working out right now at Wisconsin. So what did you make of that whole situation, and, and how big of a bummer is it that we're not going to see Reggie Pearson in a Wisconsin football uniform again? Yeah, it's a huge bummer, especially when you just consider what he brought to the team two years ago in 2019 as their fourth leading tackler. Uh, he, he's got a knack for creating forced fumbles. Uh, in, in interviewing him, he was a really nice kid who – consistently just wants to be there, wants his really good teammate. Um, I, I think it's you got to feel for him. He's got a couple SDF offers that have come in pretty quick here since he, he entered the portal. Um, but, but really just how everything ebbed and flowed in, in this past year and a half because of whatever medical issue is going on behind the scenes and that hasn't been approved or – uh, whatnot from the University of Wisconsin, it's it's tough to watch because I, I know how much he probably wants to be out there and how hard it was to, to watch his teammates play last year. I, I know both of us were excited to have him potentially come back. The, it seemed like he wanted to. It seemed like he was going to be back. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he's a kid that um, was second on the team in 2019 with, with – um, with pass breakups, he he was he was one of the tops in forced fumbles and fourth on the team in tackles. It's that's that's a especially considering he was a freshman, a redshirt freshman at that point. That's that's a lot. He he's a really talented kid that I think he'll have a shot somewhere. I just hope that that medical issue doesn't pop up down the road for him. Yeah, yeah, it's really unfortunate, you know, that uh, I know he wanted to be out there and. Uh, I think Wisconsin fans, he was a, a guy that you loved watching. I personally, yeah, I loved watching the way he played. I thought 
when he was going to be back on the field that he was going to be forced to be reckoned with for the Badgers. And I, I really wish him the best of luck wherever he ends up and hopefully gets a chance and an opportunity to play somewhere else. Um, and whatever medical issues that are that are going on, like you said, behind the scenes, hopefully that uh, uh, is able to be cleared up and he can get back on the field because he's a really exciting player. What we have saw from him you know, early in his career at Wisconsin, and hopefully he can get onto that. But um, in terms of the safety position now, that changes things a lot in that room as well. You know, Reggie Pearson looked like a guy, you know, with Scott Nelson, with Colin Wilder, you had kind of three strong safeties um, that you could lean on to to really play in those positions and rotate. Now you're down a significant portion of that. Thankfully, Colin Wilder kind of came onto the scene, and Scott Nelson played really well down the stretch last year where you still feel good about those two. But I think in terms of the depth and the overall strength of that position as well, um, it's tough on the Wisconsin defense. I know Jim Leonard was very high on Reggie Pearson in terms of his recruitment. And, of course, what you saw from him on the field, you, you saw what he saw early on. So it's it's a big blow not only for you know the morale of him and the team, but also just uh, the depth of that safety position, which is going to be something to watch for as you get into spring camp. Yeah, I mean, definitely a hit to the depth because I, I think we were both anticipated anticipating that he'd be back but I think you got to look at some of the younger guys to potentially step step up you've got some walk-ons who could also help you out in, in that regard but I think Titus Toller who had an interception only played in a couple games last year be, before being injured and then Hunter Wooler those are the two main guys that can really benefit from this I would think as players that could see the field more often as maybe that third safety was you know Jim Leonard likes to um, use that. He likes to have a lot of different playmakers. When you look at what Hunter Wohler, Titus Toller can bring, those are guys that I think immediately kind of come to mind as as guys that could have a bigger role than normally anticipated. Um, but but we'll see. I, I think just there's really just no knowing, giving kind of how everything will shake out. We don't know what the roster will even look at look like in a, in a few weeks when camp starts up. So. I'm I'm fascinated to see kind of how everything shakes out, but really I think those two are the guys to watch. Yeah, it should be uh, an interesting position battle that way in the safety room. And, uh, of course, like I said earlier, we wish Reggie the best of luck in whatever um, endeavors he goes down, wherever he ends up. I know there will be a lot of Badger fans rooting for him. Like like his father kind of tweeted out, there's, there's no bad blood or anything like that. You just want to see him get the opportunity. Unfortunately, it wasn't uh, – going to be able to at Wisconsin, so hopefully he can get uh, some footing somewhere else and, and play and have a strong career. Uh, I know a lot of Badger fans will be rooting for him, so I think that's all we have for news, guys, so why don't you stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll dive into some college basketball discussion. All right, March Madness is here. We've talked about the bracket a little bit on last episode, so if you want to hear kind of predictions and upsets, go back and talk about that today. We'll pretty much focus solely on North Carolina. And uh, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about Baylor uh, should Wisconsin win. So starting with the Tar Heels, uh, it's an interesting matchup, I think, in a lot of different ways. We have saw in the uh, in the discussions leading up to this game, it's really been about Wisconsin in terms of height, in terms of their rotation. North Carolina's got three guys that are you know, 6'11", 6'11", 6'10". Um, and, and even the guards that they play are good in terms of height. They've got a lot of length that way. So Wisconsin, of course, there's been discussions about you're playing Micah Potter and Nate Reavers together. We'll talk about that a little bit. But overall, once again, to kind of start this conversation off, what do you think of, of the matchup with the Tar Heels here? 
I think it's a very winnable matchup when you when you consider the fact that North Carolina isn't a really strong guard laden team that can hit hit shots and uh, crash to the lane. That's something Wisconsin has really struggled at is is flashers. Look, I'm thinking of Penn State specifically. You saw what they were able to do. You were able to see Ayo Desumu get into the lane and do a lot of things against the Badgers as well. So I think that helps them. The fact that they don't have slashers, they don't have good shooters. The the biggest thing, like you mentioned, is the height. That's something that Wisconsin, not only on offense, has struggled with height and length in their inability to to score down low against the guys who are a little bit bigger than them, a little bit stronger, um, and that are very athletic. The other thing is on the defensive end, Wisconsin struggles sometimes protecting the paint, keeping guys away from getting right under the basket. If Wisconsin can't uh, stop these North Carolina bigs from just running down the court, turning around, and, and doing what we've seen so many times that uh, big men have done, they're going to be in trouble. And so I think that's the most worrisome thing. I know Nate Reavers as well as um, as well as Michael Potter need to be ready. I, I would imagine that they're going to be. Both of those guys have had moments that they they do a good job, depending upon how they're playing on that given day. And so I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. Stephen Crowell is another kid that it's it looked like in practice was was getting some run with them. Seven footer. Uh, he's pretty lean, but he's he played early in the season for this very reason that you didn't know when you need him. And they might need a few fouls, a few minutes out of him this this game because given their size and the way they run, you know, three, four, or five bigs at you, Wisconsin needs to have that depth. I doubt we'll see Ben Carlson, who's coming back from that injury, but but I think Crowell is a kid that could help them out if they if need be. Yeah, and they certainly might need it. You know, you talk about just the the overall length, especially if you're playing, uh, you know, Potter and uh, Reavers together at some point. They're going to need to get some blows that way. Um, you you can't really go minutes without either of those guys on the floor. So it's going to be an interesting rotation. Of course, you know, Wisconsin hasn't really worked with those two playing uh, together really since early on in the season. You know, the analytics of Greg Gard, kind of, he just said, you know, it's been discussed that. It just didn't seem to work as well, um, you know, numbers-wise for him to, for both of them to be out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that molds, how they kind of work together with not really being used to that. We saw it a little bit last year, you know, a lot more a year ago than what you did this year. But so it, it's definitely something these guys have played enough basketball that they can make it work. It's just can you get that kind of get in sync in time before, of course, tip off. You've only got a few days to prepare for them, and it's uh, it's a big test with all that length. So. I'm interested to see how the rotation goes. You know, like you said, North Carolina's got a lot of bigs that use it, that rebound well, and that's going to be the key. But uh, I think also, you know, going off for Wisconsin, they've got a lot of good things. I know everyone's kind of been, you know, paying attention to North Carolina and what they've got, but there's we can't discount what the Badgers got. I know they haven't played well, but uh, they, they play in a tough conference. The Big Ten's been tough. They've been hanging with some good teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin comes out and, and surprises a little bit, uh, given just kind of the narrative that's been out there. Yeah, and, and Wisconsin is the better shooting team, and I know that that's um, kind of way out there considering <laughs> the struggles that they've had from shooting this year, but Wisconsin statistically is a much better shooting team, specifically from three, and we know that Wisconsin has the propensity to shoot and jack up threes, so if they get some of those to fall, I, I think they can beat this North Carolina team and, and do it rather easily. It's just going to be a matter of making sure that they're playing their game, they're dictating the tempo, and not allowing North Carolina, like I mentioned, they can't allow them to run down the court, 
turn around and 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 do. We saw what happened against Purdue when they when they allowed a freshman to who who's a lot longer than any of these North Carolina bigs, but basically he just ran to the block, they've tossed it to him, and he turned around and put it in the hoop. And Wisconsin can't let these guys get under the basket just from the get-go. They've got to push them out, try to make them perimeter-oriented where North Carolina has struggled this year. And, and North Carolina team is, is also prone to turnovers, so Wisconsin needs to, to be able to take advantage of those as well. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, if you're Wisconsin, you want them to you want to force North Carolina to, to kind of play your game. I think the other big thing uh, to watch for in in terms of the, there's it's big contrast in terms of style and, and the way they want to play. North Carolina wants to get out, they want to run. Wisconsin wants to slow things down, play possession by possession basketball. But for for the Badgers, they've got a lot of experience. I know they've had it all year, and sometimes that hasn't worked out. But this North Carolina team plays a lot of young guys, not really a lot of tournament experience. Wisconsin's got guys that have played um, in the NCAA tournament, played deep, played some big games, you know, in the Big Ten tournament as well. So I think that's going to be a huge part for the Badgers to lean on. You know, like like I said, they've had that all season long, but they've been playing in the Big Ten. They've been playing a lot of good teams, and I know it hasn't necessarily been a huge strength factor for them, but it could be in a spot like this. And then also for North Carolina, I look at them in terms of big games throughout this season. You know, you look at their schedule, there's two common opponents between uh, Wisconsin and North Carolina. Uh, the the Tar Heels lost to Iowa on December 8th, 93-80. to 80. Not sure how much you can really take from that. And then they beat Louisville by 99-54 to 54, uh, in February 20th. So that's really all the commonalities you have. Wisconsin, of course, beat Louisville when they were a little bit shorthanded as well. But they played Iowa a little bit tougher. And then Going off of that, the Tar Heels three and eight right this season against tournament teams. So a lot of the wins that they got were against teams in the ACC that weren't the the high quality teams uh, in the league. So I know they've got the talent, they've got guys that are big and strong and and can play at the next level. But I also think Wisconsin's experience is something they can lean on, and hopefully, if you get them into that style of play that you want to, can kind of take advantage of it that way. Yeah, and I think I think those are all really good points because I think this team they can they can win this game very easily. Um, and another place where the Badgers have a significant advantage is at the free throw line in games that are going to be tight in tournament times. Free throws are such an important factor, and Wisconsin has the majority of their their starters. I, I should say all five starters outside of Tyler Wall, and then you also add in Jonathan Davis. Those guys are all above 70% from the free throw line. Um, Tower Wall obviously has struggled a lot this year from the line. But then you look at North Carolina, and they're, they're three of their starters, three of their bigs that they rotate and that are three of their highest scorers, um, are, are shooting all under 65%, and one of which is shooting exactly 50%. So this is not a good free throw shooting team. They go inside a lot. So Wisconsin – if, if you need to follow the, the three big guys, make them shoot free throws, make them earn it, because you don't want them to be able to do is dunk it over you, lay it in over you. You want to make it hard on them, and, and that's something that Wisconsin's going to need to do, especially when if you do deploy your, your two bigs for most of the game. You'll know, hey, I've got Crowell to come in and give me a blow, give me some fouls. You've, you've also then that pushes Tower Wall up to possibly play a little bit of the three with a lean forward. So those guys have extra fouls that they can give as well. So if you need to muck up this game to, to make it a free throw shooting contest, do it because North Carolina as a team struggles from the free throw line as a team shooting under 70%. 
um, which is very different than the Badgers, who are, are shooting 76%. So that's one little thing that the Badgers have uh, a feather in their cap that they can use when it, when it comes to the end-of-the-game situations. Yeah, I think all of those things. The fundamental parts of basketball in, in this game, I think, are going to be really apparent. Free throws. You know, both teams play okay defensively at times. I think uh, Roy Williams would like a team that plays a little bit better defensively. And I know Greg Gard, this hasn't been as strong of a Wisconsin defensive unit as they've had in years past. So free throws, taking care of the basketball. You mentioned the turnovers with North Carolina. They turn it over a lot. If Wisconsin can force some and take care of the basketball themselves, it's going to be important. So I think really, you know, when you're coming out, is there anything early in this game they'd be looking for? Because I'm really interested when this game kind of tips off and starts, how the pace starts out. Because if Wisconsin starts to get into kind of a track meet with with North Carolina and some of these bigs, um, yeah, it could be a problem. But if they come out and are really playing possession basketball and slow and knocking out shots, I think all of a sudden that lulls North Carolina into a little bit of uh, uncomfortable position where they don't want to be in. They don't want to be playing, you know, in the half court that much. Where maybe the Badgers can uh, can can kind of get them into that tempo early. So is that anything that you're looking for early on in this game to, to kind of give an indication of, of how it's going to go? Right away, how Wisconsin reacts to the length. But then mm-hmm. beyond that, which I know we've talked about a lot, I'm just going to be watching Nate Reavers. That's, that's the guy. That's the guy who has to have a good game if, this, if the Badgers want to move on. Um, you look at it, he was a kid coming into the year, was uh, an all-Big Ten performer preseason. He was, he was also looked at on wooden watch. Um, he, he was an all-Big Ten guy last year. Um, he has struggled at times this year on both ends of the court. You're looking at his numbers are very similar to what he put up as a sophomore and very different than what he put up as a junior. If he can put together a really good game, and I, I we don't need, uh, or the Badgers don't need him to be that All-American, like, breakthrough contender. But what they do need for him to do is play good defense, hit some outside shots to get those bigs out, out away from under the basket so that Wisconsin can get inside on the other guys. And so I'm watching Nate Reavers. That's the guy the Badgers need to have a good game because he is such a valuable member of this team. There's a reason he's the starter, and I know we all talk about the fact that, hey, Micah Potter should be in the starting lineup. But Nate Reavers is still one of the best players on this team, and the change in his game has really um, swung how this Badger team has looked all year long as well. So if he comes out aggressive, he plays really well um, from the jump, and his game isn't going to be back to the basket trying to take these guys um, that way. It needs to be, I'm going to hit some outside shots. I'm going to play really good defense. I'm going to protect the rim. If he can do those things, that will greatly help this team because Micah Potter can do the interior scoring for the Badgers. Nate Reavers just needs to do his part of the defensive end and, and be the, the um, team leader in blocks that he is for, the pro, for program history and have a good game because him coming out from the beginning with a good attitude, really playing hard, I think is going to be something I'm going to be watching. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You know, Reavers is a guy that they, like you said, don't need, you don't need to come have him come out and, and light the world on fire in terms of scoring. If he can put in the open shots that he's got and knock those down, especially if he's knocking down the three-pointers like we've seen a little bit of late, you know, that Big Ten tournament, he, he was shooting it a little better. So if you can get that from him and then a, a strong defensive effort, I think that would go a long way in not only helping the Badgers get to a victory, but also just uh, helping his confidence. I know he's been uh, struggling throughout this season, and you want to see him uh, You'll get back to that and hopefully 
you know, have a strong performance to, you know, and possibly what could be um, one of his final contests here as we work down uh, through the bracket that way. So, all right, at the end of the day, we've talked about rebounding, we've talked about tempo, we've talked about experience and fundamentals that way, which I think are the big keys of this game. I don't think there's anything else that you can kind of really look for. So what is your, I guess, prediction for this first-round game? Do you see Wisconsin um, coming out and, and getting a victory, or do you see them kind of struggling and, and falling victim to, to North Carolina? I, th- I think they're going to pull it out. I think this is going to be a game that's going to be fairly sloppy. You're, it's not going to be super high scoring. I, I, I think Wisconsin's free throw ability, their, their ability to take care of the basketball, ultimately helps them out. I, I th- I'm still worried about the glass, right? Like North Carolina severely out-rebounds their opponents game in and game out, which is a huge issue for the Badgers. But if Wisconsin can limit the offensive rebounds, get a few extra possessions, I think they'll take care of business in a, in a tight game. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. You know, when you originally look at the, the matchup, you know, it's, of course, North Carolina, traditional blue blood program, but this isn't a team that, uh, that North Carolina normally has in terms of strength that way. When I started going through kind of the schedule and when I saw that, you know, 3-8 and eight against uh, tournament teams, that means, you know, yes, this team beat up on a, an ACC league, uh, in that lower tier that wasn't all that great. You know, they, they had a win against Syracuse and they beat Florida State once, but I don't know if, if this team is maybe a little bit in terms of scare factor just because they're North Carolina. Now they do have a ton of talent and they've got a ton of, uh, you know, length that way. But I still think the, the Badgers, in terms of experience, fundamentals, can come out and, and get a, we, a win here. Um, I think we'll finally kind of see that narrative how good the Big Ten is because you're – Middle-tier Big Ten team like Wisconsin, if this you know this conference was so strong, they should win this game against an ACC team that you know was part of that league that wasn't that strong. So originally, that when the matchup came out, I was kind of hesitant, thinking North Carolina just they're so much bigger and stronger on the glass that maybe they'll win this one. But I kind of like Wisconsin in this matchup as well, which uh, which, which hopefully means if we're both on the same page that uh, they'll come away with the victory, and we can uh, talk about that next week. Knowing our luck, it probably means that they're screwed. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. I will say, just the familiarity of, of playing in West Lafayette at Mackey Arena before, some of these mm-hmm. guys, they'll be playing there for, like, their 10th time. So it's <laughs> based off of their careers. If you're thinking Dimitri Trice, he's, he's been there a lot over the course of his career. So I would think that that has to be some help here. It's not like North Carolina is normally in that arena. Usually the first uh, shots you put up at a, at a new place – um, make it a little tough because you're getting used to everything. So maybe that helps the Badgers a little bit as well. Uh, I, but I think the Badgers will take care of business in the first round. At least I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. I agree with you as well. I think they can find a way to, to win this game. And, of course, if they do, they would be taking on the winner of the 116 matchup, the Baylor Bears and Hartford. I think it's pretty fair to say the Baylor will advance in that game. So if they do, let's preview them a, a little bit here in that what would be a 1-9 matchup possibly. What do you make of Baylor this season? I know that, of course, they've had the strong start. They came out, you know, like gangbusters with Gonzaga, you know, racing to undefeated. And then they got into that COVID pause. You know, they had, uh, I think, three weeks off, came back out, struggled against uh, Iowa State, a team that was really poor throughout this season. Never seemed to get back to what Baylor was in that early part of the season. I know they had a really great game against West Virginia, but for the most part, they just didn't look the same as it started. So I think there's a path once again where if Wisconsin wins this first one, 
a scrappy veteran team could make something ugly and and keep with the one seed as well. So what do you make of the Baylor Bears in terms of where they're at right now? Yeah, I think you you made a great great, uh, synopsis of kind of how their season has gone because this is a team that early on I think everybody put them up and lumped them in with Gonzaga as like this is the other best team that's going to for sure make it to the finals. Um, they, they've trailed off a little bit from that, but but really you look at it, they've got four really good guards that can take over a game at any given moment, and, and that's usually not a great sign for opponents in the in the NCAA tournament. Good guard play can do um, amazing things. We've seen that from time and time again, and so it, it, Jared Butler, super good. Um, T. Mitchell, Flagler, those are all good guys. Uh, the top three, Flagler comes off the bench, but those top three are really good playmakers who are not only good at slashing to the basket, but they're really good shooters. And so I think that's the one thing that I would worry about is how Wisconsin matches up against primarily those top three of Butler, Teague, and Mitchell, who are really good dynamic athletes who can make things happen on the offensive end because Wisconsin doesn't necessarily have that uh, ability to protect the rim. And if those guys can get into the lane and score, we, we saw Isaiah Brockington you know, and, and Myron Jones take advantage of Wisconsin, and those guys are nothing compared to what these three have. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if Wisconsin gets to that point, how they match up with those four guards, and that's what I would be watching, and that's what I'd be worried about at this point. It's kind of crazy that if they were to beat North Carolina, a team that's really – predicated on the post, they would then go to have to play a totally different uh, style team in Baylor who is very much guard-oriented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they do a really good job with those guards of, of getting to the rim, but also they, they kick it out really well and, and knock down the three-pointers. I believe, last I looked, that they lead um, in terms of teams, in terms of three-point percentage. They shoot the three-ball better than anybody. So yeah, 41.8%. That's yeah, good. That's unreal. So Wisconsin's probably going to have to come out and you know not only defend really well on the three-point line and beyond, but they're also going to have to make some shots because Baylor's going to knock them down. That's a big disparity, I think, is is Wisconsin, if they were to get to this game, can they shoot well enough to hang around with Baylor? Because I, I think w- Wisconsin can defend the three-point line all right, but I don't know if they've ever faced a team. You know, you look at the games against Iowa. There were a couple times where Iowa, a really good three-point shooting team, had some flurries of knocking down shots, but there was also you know, that Big Ten tournament where they didn't shoot as well. And, and we've seen this Baylor team you know, kind of be – I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde because they've still been a, a, an okay team. They just weren't as strong as they were early in the season. So I could see Wisconsin, you know, if they can come out and, and defend the three-point line and Baylor maybe has a little bit of a cold shooting night like they've been a little bit more susceptible to, that, that Wisconsin can maybe hang around and make this a game. You know, we've seen that 1-8 matchup, or 1-9, I guess, in this situation, that a team that just kind of sort of hangs around and mucks it up. Wisconsin's done it with Villanova years ago. Can, can make something happen late in the game, and it's just going to come down to defending the three-point line and, and possibly making enough shots to keep themselves really in the ballgame. Yeah, for sure. I, Baylor has their top four leading scorers all shoot over 38% from three. So they are they are lethal when it comes to shooting, and they can score in waves. But but I, I like you said, both of these games are – or if they get to that point against Baylor, are, are, could be ugly. If Wisconsin does what they need to do, they're able to dicta- dictate the tempo and play their game. That's what tournament time is all about, is you've got very contrasting styles, and Wisconsin needs to make sure that they play their game and that they are the ones who are in control of how the game is being played at every moment because the second you don't, 
that's when Baylor or North Carolina can can take advantage and make a huge run on you. And Wisconsin just needs to avoid putting together long, extended scoring droughts. It, no matter who they're playing, that's got to be the number one thing for them to try to avoid. Yeah, just you cannot have the the three four minute stretches in the NCAA tournament. You know they've they've gotten away with it. You know, in certain points of the schedule, but when you're playing you know, these high-intensity games in March, it's going to take um, you know a really strong 40 minutes. We've, I think we've harped on this team playing a complete game you know, time and time again throughout this season. If they want to advance, if they want to possibly be a second weekend team and, and pull off that big upset against Baylor, it's got to be a, a solid 40 minutes and, and making shots and, and not going scoreless that way. I, I think this team certainly has the capabilities, we've talked about it time and time again. This team is a team that can be better than what we've seen, but we just have not seen uh, what they can do quite just yet. And we're getting to the point where now we're into March Madness, um, and, and maybe they've got that best game to, to put together and, and bring it out uh, really late in the year, which would be nice to see. So hopefully the Badgers can, can put it all together for a strong 40 minutes. Yeah, I think that has to be the hope at this point because, like you mentioned, time's ticking, and we'll see if they can do it. Um, I, I, I feel good about the North Carolina game right now, but the second-round matchup is, is a stretch because I think Baylor is is one of the top two, three teams here that is going to be um, having a chance to win a championship. They'll certainly be a tough out if they get there, but that's why you play the game, and that's what mar- makes March Madness so fun. Um, so, guys, that kind of wraps up our portion of the, the podcast that way. So make sure you tune in to the Badger game for those of you that aren't aware of where it will be at. or on 610 on CBS against North Carolina, like we mentioned, at Mackey Arena. Um, They're home of the Purdue Boilermakers. So it should be a fun day of basketball. For those of you that have been waiting you know, over a year to, to watch March Madness, I hope you enjoy it. I know – uh, we certainly will. Um, it's going to be a nice, fun, full day uh, of college hoops and a fun, full weekend that way. So make sure you kick back and enjoy it a little bit. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about uh, at least one Badger victory, possibly two. You know, We'll see what happens down the stretch. But thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin.